we hope it is well with your soul today. Uh, we're, we're back online. Again, this is not ideal, but welcome uh, to the Hills Church. Thanks for interacting with us this morning, worshiping with us this morning. And if you're on uh, Facebook, we'll be commenting back and forth. We encourage you to post comments. Um, if you're on YouTube, we've got some links in the video description, uh, but we won't be there uh, commenting as, as we go, but you can, can check out those links. Um, so this, this will be our norm until we have further guidance from, from our local officials. And, um, you know, I think it's so important, you know, the, the more that we see coming out in the news and, and the more people that we know who are getting sick, uh, for us to practice uh, a social distancing. And, um, you know, it's, it's not a matter of, of fear that we are, are practicing social distancing, but there's a couple of reasons I, I want to encourage you just before we get started to uh, consider social distancing if, if you're not. Um, one is that it, it just makes a significant contribution to our neighborhood and our city's attempt to fight the disease. Uh, it's how we best love our neighbors. It says, I care more about you than I do about not being able to, to go out and do what I normally do. Like just a bit of restriction on myself uh, for the sake of my neighbor. It uh, communicates that we are willing to cooperate with our government, its leaders, and our, our cities. Um, and it helps us become part of the solution instead of the problem. You know, I heard earlier this week the, the uh, CEO of Vail Health was concerned that they were going to run out of beds with the number of sick uh, that they're, they're having. And, and so um, we are trying to um, flatten the curve. I'm sure by now we've, we've all seen those, uh, those studies, but we're, we're doing our best to, to flatten the curves. Um, so, so thanks for being here with us this morning. And, um, you know, there are some, some side, uh, like some side benefits to, to what's been taking place. Um, and one of those is just, there's a new round of, of memes making their way uh, across the internet uh, through social media. And I think our collective meme game has, has been on point. Um, so here's, here's what I'd like you to do. We're going to kind of change gears and, and lighten things up a bit. But down in the comments, if you would post uh, the meme that you think is, is the best meme around what we're going through. Like, so sometimes it's, it's been around people shopping or, or parents at home with their, their kids, but there's been some really good memes. And so uh, for the next few minutes, post those in, in the comments on Facebook. Go ahead and, and you've probably got some saved somewhere, some that you saw. Go grab those. Um, and then we're going to have a competition. And tonight I'm going to go through it and, and see, because um, what I'd like everybody else to do is to then like the meme that you think is the best, the, the funniest one. You, you can't vote on your own. Okay, you can vote on your own. I don't, I don't care. Um, but put on there the, the meme that you think is, is best. So I've come across a couple. So these... So don't put these ones on there, but uh, here's what we'll do. We'll see who's, who has the most likes, and then I will send you a $5 Walmart card. How about that? It's not bad. Yes? No? No? $10? $5. Ten, okay, I got $10 from the, uh, from the front row over here. Um, it's a $10 Walmart card for the meme that gets the most uh, likes, but... Um, so here's, here's one that I like that said, homeschooling day one, already trying to get this kid transferred out of my class. <laughs> I, like that. I like that one. Uh, here's another one. Day three, already tired of babysitting my mom's grandkids. <laughs> my mom's grandkids. Uh, th think about that one. Um, 
Now, we would, we would rather be in person. We'd rather see you. Uh, but one of the, the benefits of online streaming is that we can actually have a bit more interaction. So you can, as we're going, uh, post your comments, post your thoughts. Um, you can even heckle me a little bit, and I won't get offended. Not at least till later when I, when I see the comments. And also it benefits me because I can imagine that you are amening more than, than normal. And uh, so it works out uh, both ways. It's a, it's a win-win. So leave your questions, comments, prayer requests in, in the comments. Um, and that it just helps us spend some time together, even if it is only digitally. Um, so we are we're facing some, some real unprecedented times. Um, and as a church family, this is an opportunity for us to, to care well for one another. And um, some of us have already been impacted in our job situation. We've had reduced hours. Uh, my wife, her job is, has cut back. Uh, my second job, they've cut back hours. Uh, Najia, our worship pastor who was leading us this morning, he's been laid off entirely. And I, I know there's others in our, our church who are facing the exact same thing. And we're just, we're just getting started. We're only a week into this thing. Um, and, and some of us are going to be impacted differently. Some it's going to be financially, some it's going to be uh, emotionally. It's just going to be um, a tough, a tough time of feeling, people feeling trapped, restless, uncertain. Um, and so one of the things our, our team met together that we wanted to do was to create a, a streamlined process for, for helping people in our church um, with assistance and with getting groceries and medicine if needed for those who, who can't get out of, the, out of their house. Uh, and then on the other side, provide a way, because there's many people who want to volunteer, that want to do something, um, that want to, that are able to get out of their house and, and do some of those things. And so as we started putting this together and, and brainstorming and, and coming up with what our web, web page would look like, uh, another church in the area got in touch with me uh, because there was another church in the area and there, everyone was, was talking together and um, kind of had the same idea. But instead of all working separately, like in our own uh, little silos, uh, the idea was like, hey, we can do this better together than we can, we can apart. And so uh, as, of, as of this morning, I think there are at least eight churches who are participating. Uh, and if you, you can go to the website, it's called Love northeastdenver.com. There's also a, a hotline. Um, and, and so if you, if you need childcare, if you need emotional support, someone to do grocery shopping, housing even, uh, prayer, uh, someone to delivering, delivering things, um, all those things are available on the website. And then if you'd like to volunteer, you can uh, provide um, any of those, those things we just listed. And some things don't even require you to to leave your home. So for example, let's say you can't get out, uh, you're, you're considered high risk, um, and, but you want to uh, participate, you might benefit from someone bringing uh, groceries to you or, or bringing something else that you need when you can't get out. Uh, but then on the other side, you could partic- uh, possibly part, be part of the uh, emotional support team or the, the prayer team or, the, or someone who, who answers the hotline. Um, you don't have to um, to be in person, on site, to, to be able to answer the hotline, you can do that from, from the comfort of, of your own home. And so if, um, if you are looking to volunteer, I would encourage you, check that out. If you need assistance, 
uh, to go to that website. Um, and I think it's really going to be beneficial for us. Um, and I, I want to give a shout out to Bob and Jody Smith. They shared the website with their neighbors and some of their neighbors have even volunteered. And so uh, as of Friday morning, it was the last report that I've I received. So far, there are 72 volunteers. Uh, of those, we have three from the Hills Church. I know there's more that are uh, since then and others who, who will sign up. There are 38 needs that have been met, 15 physical needs, 23 prayer emotional needs, and uh, $11,000 have been raised. Um, as a church, uh, we're donating uh, on top of that $2,000 to begin with, and then we'll, we'll go from there just to get, get things going. Um, so that's, that's kind of what's happening. I would encourage you to check out lovenortheastdenver.com. So that's kind of a long announcement, but I think it's necessary just for us to uh, be caring for one another, looking out for one another. Um, so, so things of life has changed a lot in the last uh, few days. Uh, I mean, this is, this is something that is impacting the globe and, and, uh, states, more states are taking more drastic measures to combat the spread of the infection. Uh, and I wish I could say that, that my first impulse in the morning when I get up is to pray. But really my first impulse is to, uh, to get out, check the, the news feed, see what's happening, um, like what's, what's new, how are things developed, how close is, is the virus to me, to my family, like what's happening here in Denver. Uh, so just, uh, and, but the crisis, I mean, it's become urgent. And, and I feel, uh, I feel powerless. Like there, and it's not just that I feel powerless, like I am powerless. There, there is, uh, I'm too handsy. I got that's probably still not far enough. Um, there is, there is not much that I can do to stem the tide uh, besides social distancing. Um, but when I feel powerless, when I feel small, that should be a help for me, a reminder for me to, to pray. And, and praying, praying helps us actively participate in, in what God is doing. And it reminds us that God has the whole world in His hands, as, as the kid song says. And so prayer shouldn't be our last resort as God's people. It should be our first point of action. And so today we, we're concluding our look at the Lord's Prayer. Um, it's the only prayer that Jesus taught his disciples that's recorded in the scriptures. He might, he might have taught him other prayers, but as far as what we have recorded, it is, it is the only prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And so I've asked my boys to come and, and help me uh, this morning as we get, get started with the Lord's Prayer. And if you know the Lord's Prayer, come right out here, right out here. Here's, here's, he's coming. Yeah. All right, good, in his pajamas, nice. This one, a little bit more prepared, it's all right. Uh, so I've, I've asked them to, to help us with the, the Lord's Prayer this morning. So if you know the Lord's Prayer, we're going we're gonna to pray it together. I'm going to let the boys take it over once I get it started. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice and loud. Our, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And not lead not from temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. 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 
Nice work, boys. Thank you. Love each other. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> A little too close. Thanks, guys. Um, it's the Lord's Prayer. You can find it in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 9 through 13. You can check that out as we're going. Uh, but So we're at, we've come to the end, and let's say you have reminded yourself who your Father is, that you have reoriented your heart to making God's name supreme in your life. You are a daily seeking God's will, God's kingdom. You're trusting Him more and more for your daily provision, and you have made forgiveness uh, you, you have embraced that. It's at the heart of the kingdom of God. Um, and if you begin to pray this prayer, it's going to change you. It, it will change you. It, you'll begin to look for opportunities to live, to step into the prayer, and to turn from just being a spectator to a participant in God's kingdom. And so, so praying this prayer will change you. But not only will it change you, but praying this prayer is going to lead you into places where you um, have to pray, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because I, I think as we, we, we step into this prayer, there are times when we could face opposition. And, and so we need to expect trials. We need to expect things to be difficult, expect temptation. Um, and so I, what I want to do this morning is focus on the very last petition, which is deliver us from evil. Uh, some have called this prayer a, a summary prayer because it really summarizes the rest of the prayer. Uh, and so just think about it this way. Evil stands, what is in the way uh, of and what hinders God's name from being hallowed. Evil is what stands in the way of God's kingdom coming. Evil is what stands in the way of God's will being done. Evil is what uh, hardens our hearts to, so that we are unable to receive God's forgiveness. Evil is what stands in the way and what causes us to become bitter and unforgiving towards our, our neighbor. It, it is evil that stands in the way. And so, in, in summary, we can say that in this final petition, God answers, if He answers this prayer, He answers all the rest of the prayer. If He answers this, this one, He answers the rest. And um, He has delivered us from evil, He is delivering us from evil, and He will deliver us from evil. So we pray, deliver us from evil. Um, and that little word, deliver, it, it makes a big impact in the, the narrative of Scripture, especially when we look at the Old Testament. It's story after story of God delivering and rescuing His, His people. And I'm just going to go through a couple stories, but, but really um, just about every book of the Old Testament, um, many, many of the, the narratives, when you, you think back, are stories of God delivering His people. Sometimes it was deliverance from, from stupid things that they had done, Sometimes it was deliverance from things they had no control over. But the, the overarching theme that we see time and time again is God delivering His people. So if you know the, the story of Scripture, it begins uh, with Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. And there's kind of a, a side story in Abraham's life where there's, there's these cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, and they are, are just wicked cities. And God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I'm going to destroy these cities. And... And Abraham then responds, he's like, whoa, 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 wait, God, what if there are uh, 10 righteous? Well, he starts with a higher number, but he finally gets down to, God, will you destroy it if there are 10 righteous people there? Because Abraham, he had a, a, a vested interest in Sodom and Gomorrah. His nephew, Lot, lived, lived there. And, um, and God said, okay, if there are, are 10 righteous people, I will not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. 
but sadly, there, there weren't ten righteous people there. And, and so God is, he is, he had set a time, a day when he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but still, he delivers Lot. And, uh, Genesis, in Genesis 19, it says, So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot, Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. Uh, so that's early on in the story of the people of God. 2,000 years later, or, or more, uh, the, the, the Apostle Peter is, is writing about this, this event. Uh, so Second Peter chapter 2 says, If God rescued Lot, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. So it's that, the idea of deliverance. Um, the story of Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery and for 13 years was a slave. Uh, and then it, and one day he went from being a prisoner to a prince. He's put in charge of all of Egypt. Uh, and his brothers come to him, and they find themselves at his mercy. It's it's one of my my favorite uh, stories in the in the Old Testament, um, and I just really condensed it condensed it. Um, but at at the end of the story, the brothers are there, and they're they're afraid. They're afraid for their lives because of what what their brother has the power to do to them. And Joseph says, in in Genesis forty five, God sent me ahead of you to preserve you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. And so Joseph, all his family, uh, Jacob, they move to Egypt and things go well for a while, uh, but then they, they become too powerful and the Egyptians enslave them. And for 400 years, the people of Israel are, are slaves in Egypt. And then God speaks to Moses in a burning bush and we're not going to recount the whole story, but when God shows up in Exodus chapter 3, He says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue, I've come down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So God delivers His people, and, and for the rest of of the Hebrew Scriptures, the rest of the Old Testament, God is continually reminding the people of Israel, hey, remember what I did for you. You remember back then what I did for you. He even gives them a yearly feast, the Passover. And the Passover was this fully immersive experience that they were supposed to uh, taste. They were supposed to see. They were supposed to smell. And all these things about the Passover were to remind them about the character of God, that God is the kind of God who delivers us. That was the, the entire point. Um, and if there's, there's kids joining us today, your homework is to watch The Prince of Egypt. Uh, it's, a, it's a great animated film. Uh, you can, I, I did find it on Hulu for free. Uh, you can also check it out on Amazon or, or YouTube for just a small, just a small uh, rental fee there. Um, there's also kids, there's a, a coloring page. It's in the links in the, in the comments that'll be there if you want to, to color a page about the, the Exodus. Uh, so you have the Exodus, and then you go on the, the book of Judges. The, the narrative in the book of Judges is that uh, the people of God, time and time again, find themselves in need of deliverance because they just keep turning their back on God. Like time, time and time again, they, uh, they forget about God, they forget serving God, they, they, they begin to take on the culture and, and the gods of, of the people around them, and, and then a foreign power comes over and, and makes them servants, makes them slaves for a number of years until finally they say, God, God save us, God rescue us. 
And time and time again, God comes through and there's a, uh, a common refrain, common verse over and over in the, in the book of Judges. Judges chapter 3, verse 9 is an example that says, Israel cried out to the Lord and the Lord raised up a deliverer who saved them. They cried out to the Lord and the Lord raised up a deliverer to save them. And so this, this is throughout the Old Testament. This is what we see God doing, delivering his people. And just, just one more. This one's kind of random just to show you that like stories you've forgotten about or, or haven't even heard. In Second uh, Chronicles, there's an, an, an enemy that has come against Israel. And uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 14, it says thousands upon thousands of the enemy had come in with 300 chariots. And so the king, uh, his name was Asa at, at the time. Asa was the king. And Second uh, Chronicles 14 verse 11 says, Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you. There is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this vast army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere mortals prevail against us. This is a prayer for deliverance. And the very next verse says, The Lord struck down the enemy. Like that. And all of these many stories that we see going throughout Scripture, they're all shadows of what Christ has done for us. We should read them all through the lens of what Christ has done for us. And that's the, that's the proper rate. The proper way to, to read the Bible, especially the Old Testament, is that anytime you come to a story of rescue and, and deliverance, it's a foreshadowing. It's just a, a taste of, of what's coming and what has come in Christ. And so the, uh, Jesus is the one who tells us to pray for deliverance, and He is the one who delivers us. He is the one who delivers us. Um, and, and Jesus told uh, some, some Pharisees had come around him one day and they were talking about scriptures. And Jesus told them in John chapter 5, he says, You study the scriptures diligently because you think in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. And so all these stories of deliverance, they, they point us to Jesus and the deliverance that, that he gives us. And it's ironic that the deliverer came to the people of Israel and so many of them rejected him. And as Jesus was, was hanging on the cross, there were people who passed by, there were people who mocked him. And one of the things they cried out to him was, uh, he trusts in God, let him deliver him now if he wants to. Like, we know who God is, and if, if God is really his Father, well, he can deliver him now. And the thing is, God the Father did not deliver Jesus. God the Father did not deliver Jesus in that moment. He did not be, deliver His only begotten Son. In fact, God delivered Jesus over to the evil one. Yeah. Jesus was delivered into the hands of the evil one. Um, and you might have noticed, if you've, if you've heard the Lord's Prayer more than once, that sometimes it, it, it ends differently. Like sometimes it says, uh, deliver us from evil. Sometimes it says, deliver us from the evil one. Uh, and there's, there's a bit of... Uh, ambiguity in the of the original language if if it's supposed to be a proper name or but uh, in some of that ambiguity there's a, a scholar's name is uh, Tom Wright and he says there's some gray area here because evil it's, it's slippery it's it's slimy it's hard to pin down and, and that's part of the point he says that God has made a good world and the evil has no legitimate place in it 
And regardless of how you translate it as the evil one or, or evil, we, we modern scientific people, post-enlightenment, we have a hard time grasping the concept of an entity that is evil. Like what, what we like to do is, is just look at the symptoms of evil. Um, but we have a hard time with evil with a the capital E or an evil one that lies lies beneath the surface. So for example, like we say we say war is evil. Because because war is evil. We say that racism is evil. Because racism is evil. We say um por- pornography and pollution and, and political corruption and terrorism. We say these things are evil and because they are evil, but they're just symptoms of of an evil that lies beneath. And, and as long as all we're dealing with are the symptoms, like we will, we will never root out the real issue. We will never re- root out the source of evil. Uh, the Apostle Peter says this evil one, he prowls around like a, a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And all of our attempts to, to stamp out evil, they're bound to fail if we're just looking at the symptoms, at the, at the surface level of, of the results of evil. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he said, For I do not do the good I want to, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. We can't even stamp out the evil in our own lives by ourselves. This evil is, is real. Uh, Martin Luther, the, the great reformer, uh, 500 years ago, wrote a hymn. He wrote a number of hymns, but his most famous, famous hymn is A Mighty Fortress. Um, and he clearly identifies the evil that we often do not see. There's part of the, the song that says, The old satanic foe has sworn to work his woe. With craft and dreadful might, he arms himself to fight. On earth he has no equal. No strength of ours can match his might. We would be lost rejected. We would be lost, rejected. This is why God the Father did not deliver Jesus as he hung on the cross. He did not deliver him so that, so that he could deliver us. And, and Jesus came to get at the heart of evil. He came to root out evil. He came to uproot it. He came to seize the neck of the evil one. Uh, John says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. First John 1, 3. That was the reason that Jesus came, was to destroy the devil's work. He who had no evil, he who was not um, subject, who was not, who, whom evil had no hold, entered into a, a deep darkness and the source of suffering and pain and ultimately even death itself. And by his death and resurrection, he has delivered us. Paul writes, wrote a letter to the church in uh, Colossae, Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 13 says, For he has rescued us, he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of Son he loves, the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He has brought us from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the Son his, he loves. So don't ever fall for the, the idea that good and evil are, are equal like yin and yang powers that are going at each other. Christ has fully defeated evil. He has, he has won the victory. He has delivered us. So it's, it's not as if uh, that we have to, to fear evil, but we do hope one day 
and we know because of what Christ has done in the past, that He will do what He has promised in the future. Um, and so Christ, he's our, he's our deliverer. And so when we pray, when Jesus says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, heaven, deliver us from the evil one. Jesus, He has delivered us. He is currently delivering us, and He will deliver us. Um, now, last week, a, a young friend of mine, I believe she's in second grade, was watching along with, with her mom. Um, and towards the end, she, she made a comment. She said, uh, I thought he said he was going to be short. Um, and I want to just apologize to her uh, for misleading her I hope we can still be friends Um, but for any kids watching today I want you to know that that Jesus is is our deliverer and when we're in trouble or when we're we're scared he can deliver us I mean sometimes uh, I mean I like superheroes I don't don't know if if you like superheroes or, or not but um if you do have a favorite superhero, throw it in the in the comments there. See what we got there. But there's sometimes I think, man, it would be it'd be cool to have to be a superhero. Maybe have uh, you know super strength or supersonic speed or invisibility or no, I wouldn't want invisibility. Invincibility. That that'd be cool. Or the ability to fly. Or um, so. I, in fact, I brought some some heroes with me today. Uh, let's see what I got here. That one? That one's too small for my head. I should have worked that one out a little better. I don't even know. Uh, Iron Man. Let's see what else I got. Uh, Spider Man. Spider Man. Okay. All right. What else? I got uh, Captain America. Excited. There we go. Uh, this one's a little harder here. Let's see. But where can Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Uh, I didn't try this one on. This could go bad. Let's see. Catwoman. Wolverine. The last superhero. Does that count? Chewbacca. No, no. But, But there's this... There's this desire to, for, for superheroes, someone to, to save us, for us to, to be a superhero. But I, I have no power uh, to deliver anybody. You have no power to deliver anybody. Um, only Jesus has the power. Because Jesus, He has overcome. He, he knows all things. He can, he can do all things. And, and so we, as we come to the end of the Lord's Prayer, I want us to see this prayer as a as a gift to us from Jesus, and it begins in the beginning. It's like we're little little ch- children, calling out to our Father, saying "Father." But by the end of the prayer, we are seasoned saints who understand that there are dangers and fears and and evil all around us, and we've been invited by Jesus to step into this prayer to say, while we are not afraid to pray, deliver us from evil with the assurance that is it is already done um, the third verse in martin luther's a mighty fortress says though hordes of devils fill the land all threatening to devour us we tremble not unmoved we stand they cannot overpower us let this world's tyrants rage in battle will engage 
His might is doomed to fail. God's judgment must prevail. One little word subdues him. And so we pray, deliver us from evil. And so as, as we've, we've been going through the Lord's Prayer, my, my hope, my prayer is that you will begin to, to pray this daily, to pray through it, to, to pray it by memory, but then to, to go into each phrase and to, to step into it and to really make it a, um, just some, uh, a point of hope, uh, a place where you can find peace, uh, especially in the uncertainties that we're, we're facing. Uh, we, we need a prayer that is more than just um, a surface level, a prayer that, that sees evil for what it is, and yet is not afraid. So as we pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your, your kingdom come, your will be done in this situation. Um, we, we're coming into a time that uh, none of us have, have experienced. I mean, we, we see what people in, in our news feeds are saying, and what experts, their opinions are, but we don't know. I mean, you don't know. And so we, I mean, if there was ever a time to pray, deliver us from evil, now is the time to pray that. So let me, let me pray for us. If, Father, I do ask that you would deliver us from evil, deliver us from this evil. Would you give us hope? Would you give us strength? Would you give us courage not to um, hide, yeah, not to uh, put our head in the sand, yeah, but to, um, to see the evil for what it is, but at the same time to trust you? Jesus, we, we need you. We need you. Deliver us. Deliver us. Deliver us. Father, I pray for, for those who are um, discouraged this morning, for those who, who are fearful, who, who did get laid off this week and, and don't know God, where the resources are, are coming from, where, how they're going to pay the bills, how they're going to get meals. Um, Father, we pray for deliverance. God, we pray uh, that your church, God, would, would rise up, that we would, um, that we would step in, that we would be your, your hands extended. We need you. We need you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I just, uh, just as we, we finish up, I just want to encourage you that that same God in the Old Testament who delivered his people time after time, is the, he's the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and, and forever. And we can, we can trust him. We can trust him. And so I want you to be encouraged this morning.